Hello, and welcome to another Hometown Daily News Show. I am Mayor Watt, and today is March 29th, 2023. Season 2, Episode 88, Mammoth Balls, and more news. We've already selected all 10 of tonight's articles. We're going to start out talking about a WWDC. A little bit of uh, Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker doing air raid alerts in Ukraine. An Ohio River disaster barge. Amazon delivery driver walks into a North Carolina police standoff to drop off a package. Talk about delivering in all kinds of weather. A man caught, obviously, apparently, uh, smuggling CPUs under their clothes. A Danish zoo hopes to ignite panda romance. It might be pandemonium. Ramen for breakfast? Mm, Everybody's had it, I think. But this one, it's a different taste. Three newly discovered sea worms that glow in the dark, named after creatures from Japanese folklore. An elephant in the dining room gives us our title today. Mammoth meatballs and a book thief evades prison time and i thought this one was interesting let's get into today's news hello hello again i am merwat that is hometown.com and up there is the visualizer for the ai from on high the one the only yeah, still going by AI. Good evening, hometown citizens. It's true. Good evening. It is evening. What do you think? Do you think maybe is there a, a time where we'll be able to do this um, in the in a morning episode or an afternoon episode, Eastern time? Uh, maybe on certain days of the week. Got it. Maybe we can try that. Let's, let's maybe see what we can do. Um, that said, we've already selected all of the articles for tonight and, uh, pretty simply put what I, what we do is we go through the last 24 hours and, uh, some articles are sent in. Some of them are, um, parsed because we go through the news um, everything is uh, selected, agreed upon. Uh, we uh, file everything in triplicate. We send it in uh, to the government for verification that it is truthful and honest and unbiased. Uh, that last part um, isn't really true. But anyway, um, it's all funneled into six main categories right here, like creative and uh, news and science and food and drink entertainment and social politics and law. There's six main categories And the last one is gadgets and technology. I kind of like ran through that pretty quick. So it may have sounded like there was 18 of them, but there's actually only six. And then in those are all of the channels. Now we're only really running the hometown daily news show, uh, but I am uh, looking for and interested in um, getting people to host and co-host throughout the week. One hour shows 50 of them, as a matter of fact, um, Again, it's just one hour of your time. Obviously, you have to be interested, passionate about it and, and uh, personable online. And if you are in, during a stream 
And if you are interested in that, just send an email to mayor or boss at hometown.com. Mayor is me. I'm Mayor Watt. Uh, with all of that thrown at you within the first mm, four minutes, let's get into the shoe. Sound good? Sounds great. Sounds great. I don't think the music is overwhelming. I have a little bit of background music, so if you turn it up really loud, then it'll blow out your speakers when I start talking. So don't do that. Anyway, the very first article is Decoding WWDC. That's right. A bunch of uh, notices were sent out by Apple that, well, people are wondering, does the 2023 artwork for WWDC have VR vibes? Apple today announced WWDC 2023, the next edition of its annual developer conference. Although the conference will be broadcast online, the company will hold a special event in Apple Park for selected guests. Marwat is not one of them. And uh, with every Apple event comes a special artwork to uh, advertise it. But what does the WWDC 2023 artwork mean? Read on as... Uh, 9to5Mac, I believe it is, yeah, 9to5Mac decodes. Who's that guy that does the the symbology? Oh, I mean, are you thinking of um, the books? Yeah. Like Da Vinci Code, Dan Brown? Yeah, so Dan Brown-esque kind of, does this look like it's giving off VR vibes? Well... I can tell you right away, straight out of this, uh huh. <laughs> yeah, it does. This looks very much like a Fresnel lens or Frenzel uh, Fresnel lens. Yeah, I mean that's how it's spelled and pronounced, but um, or Fresnel lens, some people say. But um, but more nowadays, you wouldn't use that. You would use a pancake lens, as it's referred to. Uh, this is a uh, Philippe Esposito or Esposito's um, writing over at 9to5mac.com. But this is one of the things, the, the bits of information that was sent out uh, to all uh, those invited to WWDC. And, and um, I think that this looks like pancake lenses and the, the rainbow of light that would refract through them into your eyeball and that little that little question mark might be you so i think it looks like colored pencils but i think you're probably closer <laughs> um and so this the artwork for the september 2015 event was the apple logo with series oh i have to be careful um voice waves i have to be careful because if i say this around other people um it might set it off but anyway if you mention the that which shall not be named uh, you can end up in trouble um at any rate so this is um the artwork and then it says special event at apple park and this is symbolic of apple park but this too looks kind of like a lens right so you could have them stacked Maybe this is the, the you know, circular lens um, laying halfway on its side um, and uh, stacked one on top of the other. So pancake lens and this is looking through it or maybe the profile again stacked on top of each other with 
focus the light down into where uh, nine to five Mac put a little question mark right there. And uh, I would say that that's where the people are, right? I, I don't know. I didn't actually see this um, sent out like how it was sent out to people. But if it was both of these, then it would even lean into a little bit more because it has two screens, you know, um, but I don't know if that's how it was sent out. What do you think? Do you think uh, this is going to be introducing an AR or VR headset from Apple estimated to be $3,000? I think it has to be. There's been so much about it already. And I think these graphics lend to that. Really? Like, I think they're teasing it. I just got a, a spam email that says that I won a Ninja air fryer. Oh, cool. <laughs> These are the important emails that I get while we are doing a show. So I'm pretty sure um, that they're going to be uh, discussing something, but I don't know if they are going to. Oh, and see, they say in the article, this time Apple has chosen colorful waves to represent WWDC 2023, as noted by Halid or Halid, Halid. Um, the, uh, the waves look similar to what is called a pancake lens array, which is commonly used in virtual reality headsets. It says, of course, this raises users expectations as Apple is rumored to announce its own mixed reality headset at the event. $3,000 folks. Do you have an extra $3,000? If this thing isn't powered by an M.2 or M.2, I don't know why I keep sticking M dot in there. M2 is its latest processor series. If it launches with an M2 and is completely self-powered and is powered by Siri, I still want to know what the controllers are. If it's doing hand detection, finger detection, there's still actuation requirements. So what are you going to be doing? Saying to Siri, go left, go right, jump that, and giving it the thumbs up to actually instantiate the claim you know just okay go you know you sound like picard saying engage uh, <laughs> what is the device that allows me to interact with the ar or vr world and if it's nothing more than ar and providing data onto my augmented reality lenses three thousand dollars is a bit much i'm sorry it is a bit much but it's still a bit much. Apple products, I think, are always high price, but not to that degree. Yeah, I mean, unless you're buying an Apple computer and then it kind of does this leap from uh, a simple desktop $700 device or a little bit lower um, to suddenly being $5,000. So um, I guess we'll see. It's right around the corner here june 5th through 9th so let's move on to the next article um before i do that though i will throw this into the vod so that uh, viewers can uh hang out with us that hang out hang out with us in chat they can actually follow the link to the article in hometown and then follow it over to nine to five mac um and on hometown you can have a conversation but um, largely like me, I'm, I don't, 
I don't really post that much on Omtown. I use it as an aggregator and uh, we talk here uh, on stream about it. So uh, feel free to use omtown.com as a, your aggregator. And uh, when you subscribe to whatever channels you are interested in, uh, you will get that news in your feed. So it, it works out quite well for you. At any rate, let's move on to the next article, which is in the continuity report. Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker voices air raid alerts in Ukraine. I didn't think that this would actually ever occur in my lifetime, but apparently this is uh, a reality. Hamill is one of many celebrities to contribute to humanitarian efforts in Ukraine and was recruited to raise money for military drones last year. And now, according to, oh my gosh, I didn't log into the account. I won't do it here either. But anyway, uh, Mark Hamill is uh, giving uh, air raid alerts as Luke Skywalker. I don't know, like, uh, do you think he says stuff like Darth Vader? Like, I, he says, no. That's what I kind of imagine, but... I mean, since he's Luke Skywalker, I, I don't know, but I would love to hear an audio clip of, I mean, I, it's a sad situation that this is happening, but I love that this is occurring for the I voices. Guess, I guess it could get your attention. Man, I wish that this wasn't that frustrating. I, I'm sorry. I'll, it's fine at one point and then it's not fine when I do this. Yeah. Most of the time the article is uh, loading just fine, but every once in a while it does this so, at any rate. Um, there you go. Let's move on to the next article. It'll allow us to speed up a little bit. When you go there, you shouldn't be running into that little soft paywall. Um, the next article is over in the daily news show, uh, Ohio river disaster as barge with, uh, Tons of toxic methanol sinks. So it seems like we can't go a single day without uh, some environmental concern uh, regularly happening. Uh, it's it's really weird. Uh, I wish that it didn't happen, but I guess accidents happen. And when you're always moving stuff from left to right, something always happens, I suppose. Right. I mean, it all seems to be, it's not but it all, a lot of it seems to be transportation related, right? Sure. But then we also had like the factory explosion, although that wasn't necessarily toxic materials. Right. Um, but there was some, there was some other spill. Um, yeah, that might I be in out. here too. I don't quite recall all of it, but there's, it, it just seems to be endless. A crash near uh, Louisville, Kentucky uh, caused three barges to become lodged, one of which officials said was partially submerged and carries 1400 tons of methanol. This is over at Newsweek. like a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say it's a lot. Uh, so it's partially submerged. And if it is leaking, um, I haven't read that part yet, but um, it comes just weeks after a toxic plume traveled down the major U.S. waterway from the site of a train derailment at least at um, or near East Palestine uh, on the border between Ohio and Pennsylvania, prompting measures to prevent contamination of the drinking water that is supplied to around five million people. The, uh, people in Pennsylvania were told to drink bottled water and then there was a panic in the stores in Pennsylvania. 
because people were freaking out that they had to drink from bottled water and wanted to make sure that that's what they got. Reminiscent of COVID panic where people were standing in line at four o'clock in the morning to get toilet paper. Uh, because some wacky people out there decided to buy pallets worth and then sell it on Craigslist yeah. and other places. Um, Cause you know, you just can't have civilized people in the 21st century. You have to have panic exploitive people. Um, anyway, the Louisville uh, Metropolitan Emergency Services said that shortly after 2 a.m. Eastern time, a vessel towing 11 barges made contact with a stationary structure. It just jumped right out and bit them. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Like, <laughs> how did it make contact with a stationary structure? <laughs> uh, I wonder if there's a, there was only one person helming this thing and um, they fell asleep or something. I don't know. Oh, Slide. this goes back to the safety discussions we've been talking about. Yeah, let's see. Safety is uh, the top concern. Well, obviously not. Safety of the public and first responder personnel, it added. There is currently no impact to Louisville Waters, uh, water intake or water quality. Yep, that's what they've said in other places. Not these particular people, but there's always somebody that says, the water's just fine. Really? Here, have a sip. No, I'm not thirsty. Well, and this is interesting. I don't know where these locations are, but it says if it is to breach and is uncontained traveling downstream, we do not anticipate it being a problem for Henderson. Well, no, it's going to be a problem for the next city or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Henderson, it might be a problem for you. Just letting you know. ASMR PSA, uh, Henderson, Kentucky. There's um, tons of methanol heading downriver towards you you might want to get bottled water if it is to breach and is uncontained traveling downstream we do not anticipate it being a problem for henderson we do anticipate that it will be a problem for life in the river and those further down and not necessarily uh well you don't have to drink the water while they're drinking like a bottled water, you know, doing the, <laughs> the announcement or whatever. So as a result of the contact, 10 of the barges being towed broke loose, three of which became pinned against the lower McAlpine, McAlpine, all right, McAlpine Dam. The LMS said the other barges had been carrying corn and soy. Yes, yeah. Well, at least that part sounds healthy, <laughs> although it's food supply, so that's kind of a problem, too. Wow, it it bent around the pier. So I'm curious uh, who all was piloting this and who was shepherding these barges uh, downstream so that they wouldn't be caught. So yeah. just... I'm also interested in the effects of <laughs> methanol, which sound pretty severe. <laughs> yeah. So uh, earlier I was asked, you know, is methanol bad? And I'm like, well, <laughs> methanol by itself isn't necessarily bad, but um, it's a fuel. So it's highly flammable, explosive if it's contained and, and 
essentially ignited. Um, and it's also toxic to humans in small amounts. So don't drink it. You'll have to uh, basically light your water on fire and then boil it. Um, the effects of methanol poisoning may not become apparent until 72 hours after being ingested and can be include blindness, vomiting, heart failure, and death. So you will smell it. Um, it evaporates pretty quick. Um, but it's not healthy to smell, drink, touch, etc. Um, and you can absorb it through your skin. So try not to mess around anywhere near this accident for the time being. Um, then they start talking about East Palestine again. So let's hustle on to the next article. Uh, but that is yet another of the PSAs that come out of Ometown. Uh, we see all of this stuff. We don't talk about all of them. Uh, many others, many other articles are over at Ometown itself. So go check out Ometown.com. Um, the next article is in the mobile channel. Amazon delivery driver walks into North Carolina police standoff to drop off a package. And it's quite the package that dropped off the package. You have to be like, you have to have mammoth meatballs to go into that. I'm just, I'm actually setting, you might take that in a weird way, but I'm actually setting the stage for another article. Um, but okay. So a TikTok video posted earlier this month shows an Amazon driver walking by multiple police cars with lights flashing toward a Raleigh house, uh, Raleigh, North Carolina house, um, to deliver a package. The officers appear to be in a standoff at or near the recipient's house. I think it's kind of funny because it's almost like, um, one of those shows where, um, a plainclothes police officer that bends the rules, just scoops up a pizza and shows up to the assailant's house and says, I got a pizza. And when the person comes out to get the pizza, he whips out his gun and beats the ever living daylights out of the assailant. And then the standoff is complete. And, and then when they get back into the police station, the, the, Police chief reads them the riot act for violating all of the policy and procedure that the police station has laid down for decades. And that uh, one of these two people is just too old for this shit. Did I, did, did I say too much? <laughs> that was a very specific. Okay. Um, so anyway, let's go over to the article. Um, the article is over at the Hill. I've actually seen this coming and going uh, through Ometown since the initial viral video. Um, and we always had something else that we wanted to talk about. Um, then I saw it over on Reddit at times. I've seen it on other uh, websites at times. Well, it today committed multiple times. <laughs> it was yeah. worth covering. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kayla Morton and Addie Bink uh, are the authors of this over at thehill.com. And uh, what I described is basically what went down. Uh, Amazon delivery driver said, I've got bills to pay. And uh, stomped right on up there, delivered the package. In the midst of a standoff, he's going to deliver his package. Amazon, hard at work. The person who recorded the video is heard saying, so um, police eventually, uh, sorry, 
Police said Sanders was eventually arrested following de-escalation efforts and charged with false imprisonment and assault on a female. That's the person that um, was in the standoff. Um, I'm not going to get into whoever the other person was from Amazon because I really don't want them to get fired. And I don't even want to know if they got fired. Um, the company face. Uh, so Amazon has been criticized for its working conditions in recent years is the thing that they talk about at the very end. Um, somebody was threatened for termination after she abandoned her route amid tornado warnings near Edwardsville, Illinois. Um, and, uh, they use that as an internal exercise to improve uh, their policies. Um, but uh, whenever I hear about these kind of delivery things happening or somebody standing up for themselves, uh, the person always seems to get fired when it goes viral instead of it, getting an award or something. I mean, it's obviously there's a safety element here, but I have to say, most people would probably say, nah, I'm not going to bother with that. Yeah, but I don't want people to get the idea that the means justifies the, or the ends justifies the means, because just because I don't, I don't want to hear from someone that they did it and everything was okay, so it's not a big deal, because when somebody sees this and they do it and they get shot, then it is a big deal, and so you can't you can't be looked up to for guidance. And then when something bad happens, suddenly you say, well, I didn't make them do that. Well, no, we encouraged by our own actions to do the same things by those who are influenced by what they see. And if they don't engage enough critical thinking, um, and are not situationally aware, they may get harmed by feeling emboldened that other people can do it, so I can too. It's wholly different when you're talking about something like baseball or, or uh, you know, some sport or music or whatever. Uh, but when you are doing things that could harm yourself and or people, even others, yeah, because that. Yeah person could have become a hostage i mean there are yeah. all kinds of things when there's a tense um police situation yeah and um, the other thing is i'm sure amazon did not have a policy because you don't expect it what to do when you encounter a standoff on your delivery <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i bet they will now <laughs> That go in the opposite direction. <laughs> right. Sticking to your uh, always right-hand turns. Isn't Don't they only do right-hand turns? One of them, it's either because uh, left-hand turns require you to stop and, and cross over traffic. You, they only do right. They minimize the left-hand turns um, as much as possible, uh, defaulting to right-hand turns because it's easier to just go around the block, go an extra block. I think that's how it works. Um, anyway, let's move on to the next article. Uh, the next one um, I thought was interesting. Uh, we we usually know a little bit about the article uh, that we choose, um, either because the title gives us enough or uh, the snippet gives us enough to base it, uh, you know, our additional conversation on it, um, or we have some experience historically with the stuff. This one pulled me in immediately from the title alone. Man caught obviously smuggling CPUs. 
uh, under his clothes. Uh, why obviously? What do you? What was obvious about it? What do you think was obvious? Well, I don't know how it's obvious that he's got the CPUs. Because I'm thinking it's obvious that he's smuggling boxes or something. Like maybe you can see box shapes under his clothes. I don't know. Because I haven't looked at the article itself. Um, but I mean, does it have like a label sticking out that says something like IBM or whatever on it? Like, why is it so obvious? Like a license plate surround on an unmarked police vehicle that says unmarked police vehicle. Yeah, there's exactly. An old, there's an old <laughs> adage that says you're going to do some crime, then at least uh, try to be smart about it. I don't know if that's the adage. Um, I think it says if you're not prepared to do the time, don't commit the crime. I think that's how it works. But that way, even if you get caught, you have a chance to come off as some sort of Ocean's Eleven heist genius as opposed to the guy who tried to get through Chinese customs with 239 Intel Core processors obviously strapped to his person. Chinese site Kwai technology uh, via, what is SWE SWE clockers? I'm not sure what that is. Um, SWE clockers. I haven't heard of that one or SWE clock, I don't know, anyway, um, has shared this Darwinian tale of one man's attempt to bring this cache of CPUs into the country. So this is over at uh, PC Gamer. Oh, wow, this is a little too obvious. Um, I had heard about other people. Somebody had, like, taped lizards to their body, Um they're, they've done all kinds of stuff to try and smuggle illegal products into or out of a country. Um, this would have looked like sticks of dynamite, C4 or something. Well, exactly. Like at that point, you don't care that somebody's smuggling CPUs. He's lucky he didn't get taken down or something by a SWAT team. So uh, the article was written by Hope Corrigan over at PCGamer.com. And it says, uh, I heard under his shirt, he has so many cores, like at least a 10 pack. Uh, this was way more than that. You know, not even a six pack. He had a 10 pack. Get it? You know, his core was pretty. Anyway. It was pretty. I don't know. I can't. Well, how did, what would you say about that? <laughs> um, wow. I can't even compute. I can't even. Um, so yeah, tried to get through Chinese customs with 239 Intel core processors, obviously strapped to his person, Chinese site, Kawhi technology. I think it's Kawhi. Um, close your eyes with me and envision for a moment that you are a customs worker at the Gongbai port passenger inspection hall. Your day has probably been pretty uneventful so far, but at two or 20, 10 PM, you spot a man walking towards the gates. Large black clothing, comically oversized, bulges in clearly not human ways at his waist and thighs. Is there another picture? I'm not even going to bother. Um, the picture basically showed somebody that looked like they had C4 strapped to their person, but it was actually Intel processors that were being smuggled out of the country. The man makes for the no declaration channel of entry. You nudge your worker, your coworker, and say something along the lines of, are you seeing this? Yeah, it's almost like airplane, you know, the 
the movie Airplane. If you've never seen it, go back and watch it. It's kind of slapsticky. Like, hey, hey, this guy's trying to just get through here with nearly 240 processors. I mean, that's a lot of items <laughs> to, to have taped to yourself. Yeah, and... But... Okay, so the pics also reveal that at least a chunk of the CPUs were among Intel's latest offerings with the Core i5-13400F. Um, that's the latest generation, 13. Um, these may be on a budget end when it comes to gaming CPUs, but they're easily one of the best on offer. It packs 10 cores at a very friendly price under 200 bucks. And if the bulk of the haul is around this price point, then it's nearly $50,000 worth of product, assuming the cash didn't contain more expensive chips. So yeah, if they were i7s and uh, K series and well, let's just say that it could be, you know, twice that. So yeah, as a general rule though, Mm, don't do overt criminal acts like this. You know, if you're, if you're going to, uh, you know, steal something, then make it a, a little pack of sugar for coffee, you know, not, not $50,000 worth of computer chips. But as a PSA, let's try not to steal things too. But packets of sugar are not even something you can steal from a, a place. They give it to you for free. That's my point. Man, the AI sometimes just takes things so literal. It's almost like they're programmed for this. So let's move on to the next article. Um, oop, I hit the wrong button. Yep, twice. One second, folks. I am too busy breaking things. So there you go into the chat. Uh, welcome to the chat. Danish Zoo hopes to ignite panda romance, or what I'm calling pandemonium ah, ah. Um, anyway it's over in the mobile channel concerned that it's two pandas are uh, slow to breed Copenhagen Zoo or Copenhagen Zoo if you want to say it in American um, has uh, began or begun a new strategy to encourage mating giving the prospective couple a Netflix account and no, I'm sorry. That's not what they did. Uh, they get, they're giving more time to get to know, to know each other. So this is over at fizz.org. Uh, it doesn't have uh, an author. So at any rate, the Danish capital zoo uh, decided to put the bears into the same enclosure a month earlier than usual so that they can get acquainted. Do you like bamboo? I like bamboo. You want to I mean, eat what some What did they bamboo? talk about? <laughs> Eats, shoots, and leaves. That's right. Um, yeah, so they're going to get, uh, well, I guess the phrase would be they're going to get it on. Um, so they don't bicker when the mating season begins. They're going to be all friendly. They're going to go, they're going to date. They're going to go to some movies. They're going to hang out on that hill and over there on that rock. Um, they're going to uh, look at each other and... Um, you know, just like two pandas bumping in the night. Hey, why don't you come on over to my rock? I've got some fresh bamboo. No? Anyway. <laughs> I um, have no comment. 
on loan from China for 15 years. Mao Sun and Jing Er arrived in Copenhagen in spring 2019, and since then, all attempts to breed have been unsuccessful. Uh, we are trying to approach, trying an approach that has been successful with our polar bears and brown bears. We are putting them together now, even though Mao Sun will not be ready for several weeks. Whoa, not be ready. Hey. Well, what I like is it says they published images um, where the pandas are mostly glaring at each other. <laughs> Maybe they don't like each other. There's not exactly love in the air. Uh, how do they read that as glare? Like, is that glare? I don't know. They look like they have friendly faces. It doesn't really look like a glare to me. They look like they're perpetually concerned with something. Well, yeah, that's true. But they don't look angry or anything. No. Um, let's see. According to Panda International, the panda population currently stands at 1,864 worldwide with around 600 in captivity around the entire world. <sighs> are these the next ones that are going to be in petting zoo or petting cafes in, in Japan? Hopefully not. I mean, these things. I'm surprised they're not, though. I mean, because people really do love pandas. They're but I'm glad they're not. That's okay. That's, uh, so the next article is over in uh, Hatch Ideas. Ramen for breakfast. Cup noodles, new flavor, tastes like egg, sausage, and maple syrup pancakes. The limited edition flavor will sell for $1.18 at Walmart. <laughs> of course, Walmart. Oh, Walmart, you never change. Nicholas Vega over at uh, CNBC.com section called Make It. Um, this uh, came in in the last 24 hours. Uh, the Iconic Ramen brand's latest product is its first design for the most important meal of the day. Cup Noodles Breakfast is a limited edition offering with bright, colorful packaging, advertising it being artificially flavored as maple syrup, pancakes, sausage and egg and affront to humanity oh that's not what it says i really love cup of noodles though or cup noodles um i i love all of that kind of stuff where you can just throw it into a microwave heat it up for a couple of minutes and bingo bango you're off and running again because marijuana has stuff to do yo um and well cup noodles really gets it done really fast well, I've never thought of ramen really as a breakfast food, but I bet yeah. regular ramen would be great for breakfast. Now, I've I don't had know about this flavor. I've had regular ramen for breakfast, um, mainly because you're up all night doing something and you've blurred the line between, well, a couple of things a late like dinner or whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, you've pretty much blurred the line between reality and food and so you just oh look that looks like food i'll eat that um anyway it says it's not the first time that cup noodles has uh, created a non-traditional flavor in october of 2021 the company unveiled a pumpkin spice version of its noodles for its 50th anniversary and the sound of retching was heard later that month that's not what the article says either but anyway um, I don't know, maybe I'll try this just so that I can say that I've tried it. Um, but again, 
I'm not I'm not too hip to the the syrup maple syrup pancake soup kind of a flavor that's going to be attached to this thing so I mean the sausage and egg part probably tastes pretty good but yeah the pancake part that just kind of throws it really kind of a sideways kind of thing like what wait I can handle the sausage and egg side of things. That's typically in a soup. You know, you can throw egg into a soup. That's pretty easy. Sausage, same thing. You know, that's where you get your proteins. Um, but I don't know, man. Maple syrup just seems like it's too much. Anyway, um, let's hustle on to the next article. Uh, this next article is in the Mobile Channel. Three newly discovered sea worms that glow in the dark, named after creatures from Japanese folklore and marine biologists. A research group from Nagoya University in central Japan have discovered three new species of bioluminescent polycirrus worms from different parts of Japan. Usually found in shallow water, polycirrus are small worms known for their bioluminescence. The uh, researchers named one of their discoveries after a ghostly yokai, a creature in Japanese folklore, another after a lantern yokai, and another after an influential Japanese marine biologist. And the researchers published their findings in the journal Royal Society Open Science. Uh, this article is over at uh, phys.org, and apparently this is what it looks like. Polycirrus onibi. A newly discovered marine worm that glows in the dark. Nagoya University is where this article was um, written and um, posted by uh, phys.org. What do you think? Does that look friendly? Um, <laughs> I can't tell what to make of it. I mean, it kind of looks like it would be a neat character if it was animated or something but i don't know if you encountered that you might be like what is this yeah if it was bigger it would be very cthulhu-esque um it has little tentacle bits just all kind of everywhere um looks kind of like my hair actually but thicker um Scientists have studied only a small fraction of the more than 7,000 species of luminescent organisms in the world Research remains limited to certain species because of the existence of specimens that are difficult to classify into species without correct identification of the species. Comparisons of different results are of limited use. Um, I wonder, yeah, they got a video here. Let's mash that button and mute it so that I don't get a DMCA takedown. Um, Polycirrus, huh? Let's see. I don't know if all of this is there supposed to be something here if that was something i don't know what it was it looks like there's little flickering glowy bits but all right i've played it twice and i still don't know what the hell's going on so we'll just move on anyway um we use the name of japanese yokai such as onibi and uh aoandan uh, for the new species because the hazy blue violet bioluminescence emitted by the polycyria species is strikingly similar to the descriptions of these creatures found in folklore uh, said jimmy um polycyrus 
Gucci, on the other hand, was described from specimens collected at the Nodojima region in, in Japan um, as Shinichi Ikaguchi uh, was the former director of Nodojima Aquarium and helped to find the worm. It seemed appropriate to name it after him. So there you go. If you are interested in um, Japanese yokai, it's basically... Um, you know, for lack of a better phrase, creatures from folklore. Um, interesting, though. I love the idea of bioluminescence. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. We don't see it that often. Um, no. And I also like how these are named. I mean, that just kind of makes it cooler. So Onibi means a demon fire and uh, Eoandon means blue lantern apparently interesting dun 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 there's actual more lore over here uh, in this article so i encourage you to follow the link and go over to oh and you know what i didn't do i didn't throw that into the chat so even if you did want to go to it you wouldn't have gotten there um until now now you can uh, it'll be in the show notes for the youtube video and for the podcast um but not until later at any rate let's move on to the next article which is in the mobile channel uh elephant in the dining room <laughs> uh startup makes mammoth meatball um yeah that is one mammoth meatball Throw another mammoth on the Barbie? That's a question from the editor of this or the writer of this article over at fizz.org. An Australian company on Tuesday lifted the glass cloche on a meatball made of lab-grown cultured meat using the genetic sequence from the long-extinct pachyderm mammoth, saying it was meant to fire up public debate about the high-tech treat. So, what do you think? I mean, did they, they've actually used extinct DNA or DNA from an extinct animal to do this? Yeah, apparently. Uh, this is an article over at fizz.org by Mike Corder, and it, Literally, Startup Makes Mammoth Meatball. So it says, The launch in Amsterdam Science Museum came at uh, just days before April 1st, so there was an elephant in the room. Is this real? This is not an April Fool's joke, said Tim Noaksmith, founder of Australian startup Val. This is a real innovation. Cultured meat, also called cultured or cell-based meat, is made from animal cells. Livestock doesn't need to be killed to produce it which advocates say is better not just for the animals, but also for the environment. Vow used publicly available genetic information from the mammoth, uh, filled missing parts with genetic data from its closest living relative, the African elephant, and inserted it into a sheep cell. Given the right conditions in a lab, the cells multiplied until there was enough to roll up into a meatball. <laughs> that doesn't sound very appetizing. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I guess I, there's like a genetic piece to this that I'm kind of worried about, but I mean, from a this ecological picture, standpoint, it's probably a good thing instead of, um, 
regular uh, meat condition or whatever it's called. I can't even think of the word I need. Man, large language model to hell. <laughs> so when you're looking at that giant mammoth meatball, you don't say, I want to put that mammoth ball in my mouth. Uh, you're an R, you're an AI, so it's not like you're right. going to really be chomping at this. Um, quote, we wanted to get people excited about the future of food being uh, different to potentially what we had before. That there are things that are unique and better than the meats that we're uh, uh, necessarily eating now. And that the mammoth would be a conversation starter and get people excited about this new future, Noakesmith told the Associated Press. Well, I can tell you one way to not get people excited. That is to describe it that you've taken some genetic material and then filled it in with African elephant genetic material and then stuck it into a sheep cell and then printed it out until you could scrape it all up into a ball. That's not the paragraph that makes me go. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it just does not sound appealing. <laughs> um. So the folks who were there said that there was an aroma similar to another prototype that they produced before, which was crocodile. Noakesmith said, so super fascinating to think that adding the protein from an animal that went extinct 4,000 years ago gave it a totally unique and new aroma. Something we haven't smelled in a as a population for a very long time. I'm almost uh, regretting uh, this article. Uh, but anyway, there's the future, folks. Uh, when the fast food wars actually come to their... Uh, rightful conclusion ending with Taco Bell being the only fast food restaurant in existence, they will be uh, using cultured meat from a mammoth and you will just, you'll have to ride your bike because there will be no fuel in this dystopian future other than um, probably like whatever is left over from whatever trees are left, perhaps. Um, so you're going to be having to ride a bike up to the drive through and say, I would like one mammoth ball, please. Yeah. I, I always... hope that's not the future <laughs> for a lot of reasons. <laughs> and they'll, they'll lose. Wait, let me back up. They'll entirely lose the menu from Taco Bell. Um, it will only just be... Uh, sauces and just that one mammoth ball but because it won the fast food wars the only thing that will remain is the image of the of the taco bell bell and that becomes very known for providing the mammoth ball okay <clears throat> enough world building marijuana let's go on uh the next article is over in uh, the hatch ideas channel um Book thief evades prison time and will pay $88,000 in restitution. Filippo Bernardini ple pleaded guilty to stealing more than 1,000 unpublished manuscripts in an elaborate phishing scheme. Now, all of you uh, book readers out there will love this. Um, have you ever wanted to read something before anybody else could read them? Well... Filippo Bernardini 
really wanted to. So he pleaded guilty to stealing more than a thousand unpublished manuscripts using a phishing scheme. This is over at entrepreneur.com by Madeline Garfinkel. And the uh, article basically goes into the fact that this 30 year old starting in 2016 used more than 160 fraudulent email domains of real editors, agents, publishing professionals, and others to trick authors into sending unpublished manuscripts to Bernardini. Um, over a thousand of them. Now you might be thinking, well, what did he do with them? Did he actually steal them and publish them and make money? No, that's what I would have thought. <laughs> nope. During his six year stint at scamming, all he wanted to do was read it before anybody else. That's an unusual scheme. So in a letter uh, to Colleen McMahon, a federal judge in the Southern District of New York, Bernardini admitted that he never leaked the manuscripts, but rather wanted to be one of the few to cherish them before anyone else before they ended up in bookshops. There were times where I read the manuscripts and I felt a special and unique connection with the author, almost like I was the editor of that book. Bernardini faced up to 21 months in prison, but said, sorry, and uh, I'll pay $88,000 in restitution to Penguin Random House instead of going to jail. So this person really, they would have been able to read a lot of books in jail in 21 months. That's right, but I don't know. I mean, they only stole a thousand. Yeah, but I, they didn't sell it for profit. They didn't leak it to anybody else. They didn't give them to anybody else. They didn't distribute them in any way. They just wanted to read them before anybody else. Now, the illegality of it, I totally understand. But is it really? I don't really see where the damage is, though. Right, right. Unless they, um, for instance, forewent other representation, like they thought something was going to happen with this where it was going to be published and that it was exclusive and they couldn't submit. I mean, in, in those instances, I could see that they'd be harmed. Um, yeah, but you wouldn't know because it's a negative. Well, I didn't go to this publisher. Okay. But how do we yeah. know that you were really out anything? Right, but I mean, some use exclusive submission, so sure. you'd be tying it up for a period of time. But I know what you mean. Like, it doesn't necessarily show that anybody would have published it, for example. Right, or what the quality of the work is. So, I just see this as uh, almost, yeah, 88000 seems more like paying the attorney's fees for something like this. Um, but facing 21 months in prison, I probably would have said, no, I'll, I'll pay whatever you want. No. You know what? I'm guessing this person was in the publishing industry. So I suspect they worked for this particular institution. And so maybe the institution thought it was harmed because the person was holding themselves out as being an employee or something. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. So one of Bernardini's victims um, said, you feel violated. I don't want anyone to know how bad the early drafts of things are. Well, nobody knows. So uh, I don't know Until why they feel you, violated. Uh, put that quote out there. Yeah, really? Yeah. 
<clears throat> it's almost the Streisand effect, but now they're named in an article in entrepreneur.com and now here in hometown. So, um, who knows? Maybe they'll go viral for that. But honestly, you weren't violated. All it was, was you sent a, a PDF of your book to somebody who was rather, I don't know, kind of creepy to feel like you're the editor for a book that was sent to you just because it was sent to you and that you have a special and unique connection. This is very, um, uh, like Misery. it's creepy. It's almost a, it's almost a book. What is the one where misery misery? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just said that. <laughs> yeah. I was talking over you. Sorry. Um, yeah, it's very like misery. Um, in, in, in misery, if you haven't read that, um, she actually moves to that neighborhood so that there was a better chance of running into that author because she was a super fan. That's yeah. not creepy. Yeah. Well, that's misery for you. Anyway, that's it for tonight. Look at that. We made it under an hour, folks. So we always bring you back. We always bring you back to the front of Ohm Town like you're driving right into the town, but we are actually just a pocket of electrons uh, in the uh, crossroads of wires. We are that little bit of resistance, that little bit of uh, anomalous heat. That is where Omtown exists, but all connections lead to Omtown. We aggregate a bunch of headlines and a little bit of the article. Um, and uh, then we talk about it uh, every day nine o'clock Eastern for about an hour. Sometimes it's an hour and a half. If uh, people show up and hang out and chat, we can run even longer. Uh, most of the time people hang out, they lurk, they listen, and then they take off. Um, because we typically only spend an hour. So if you are interested in hanging out for longer, um, I will hang out and, uh, just let me know. Uh, the AI may not be able to, but I certainly can. And uh, from here, all I want to do is wish you a good night. And don't forget to uh, follow us here on Twitch, like and subscribe, ring the bell, all that kind of stuff over on YouTube. And uh, you can download the podcast, tell a friend over there. And also please leave a review. It really does help us out in all of these places. Um, let people know that we are out here and uh, talking about the latest and greatest and sometimes the funniest news that you can possibly imagine. Uh, some of it isn't that wacky, um, but, you know, I've seen weirder, but well, we try to make it entertaining. At any rate, I'm Mayor Watt. That's hometown.com. And right up there is the AI. You want to say bye to everybody? Good night, hometown citizens, and we will see you at tomorrow's show. 9 p.m. Eastern. Let me back that up. 9 p.m. Eastern. Wow. Talk to you tomorrow. Mm -hmm.